This is Mind Booster Podcast. In times like these, we need a mind booster. Listen to yours truly, Vanessa Osborne, sharing with you today how we sometimes grade God based on unanswered or failed prayers. We give God a failing grade, like F is in Frank, if our prayers are not answered as we expect. Let's find out what the Bible says about failed prayers. How do we grade God and how he responds to us? God's response to to you when you pray, in those prayers, they were answered the exact opposite to what you expected. Case in point, if you look at the first one where it says not heal, instead terminal illness, you have a terminal illness and so you're going to be terminated and you're in terrible pain or your relatives have a terminal illness and they are in terrible pain as that uh, someone expressed, I think Rebecca expressed that how people are dying and they're sick from the COVID. But before the COVID, people were dying of terminal illnesses. People were dying from car accidents or various kind of accidents where you find they, they call it uh, abnormal freak accidents is the term they give it when a child falls and dies from two or three steps and your relatives are sick and die. And But you as a born-again Christian, you're praying with all your heart. Your, your relative have a mental breakdown and you're praying against that. You're praying for God to hold their mind together, hold their body together, hold your mind together and your body. And the prayer is answered not as you expected. That goes back again to, is this what you're expecting from Christianity? So I'm glad we're able to hear from a few people, very few people, because many of you didn't express your thoughts. And God knows that you have your own thoughts of how Christianity is working for you. And so this is just a, a chance for you to sit and relax and meditate. What happens when your prayers fail you? you they're failed prayers. So, for example, I'll start off with myself. That I initially when my mother, there's been several incidents in my life where I think my prayers were failed. And I graded God <laughs> uh, based on that uh, rejection, if you will. So initially you pray for, uh, I remember when I was at Children's Hospital, Texas Children's Hospital. Uh, my son was always, looked like every single year he got pneumonia. And I'm like, why is my son have pneumonia? My friend's child don't have pneumonia every year. You look around the people at the church, their, their sons and daughters just jumping around and they don't have an inhaler. They don't have to be on the nebulizer machine three times a day. I said, I don't have like seven sons. If you had seven sons, then you said one out of seven need to be sick. But you only have two. <laughs> How can one out of two have this experience? Because this me thing, you're thinking about your situation and you're praying about the situation because the what? The prayer of the righteous make things happening. So you're praying, praying, and yet you still spend all this time at Texas Children, at the Children's Hospital local, has to be hospitalized, and all these kind of uh, bouts from age two on uh, up to 10. And you're always going through this experience and you say, why is my son not being healed? He's not terminal, but why is he not being healed? So I said, God, okay, I give you a C. <laughs> and, he's, and he says that I'm working with you. And then God does work with us. So what I'm, what I'm asking for us is that if you look personally at yourself, and if you're praying for someone to be healed and they die, how did you grade God on that? And you really grade them. And the way we grade them is how we respond to God when that prayer is failed. When, when, when you pray for God to heal someone, there are many of you that will grade God. There are others that will um, say, oh, well, just move on. 
and, and with your life because sometimes when people are terminally ill and they die, it doesn't really affect you uh, as well as it would if it's someone in your family, if it's your, your spouse, if it's your child or someone that you hold really dear, your grandchild, then it your reaction is a little different. So if you were able to pray for someone, I remember praying for a little 13-year-old girl at MD Anderson. And I didn't know her in particular. It was that my mother had met her when she was going to chemotherapy. And then I remember that my mother actually said that she stood and prayed for the little girl at 13 because she had a brain tumor. So a, a virtual stranger. And uh, the results of the prayer, I, I never really found out because my mother did. Uh, she survived for 70 years uh, from the cancer, the initial cancer. But the again, the idea of praying for someone that are terminally ill, that are sick, what do you expect when you pray for someone? What do you typically expect when you pray with all your might, fast a little bit, maybe fast a lot? What are you expecting God to do, class? You expect the to be healed. You know why? Because you get, you, you hear, at least people are always talking about, by his stripes we're healed, although it doesn't really mean that. <laughs> but you hear people talking about healing. You have ministries, it's all about healing. People run to churches that talk about them being healed. And if you're not in a church that's talking about your healing, you go to another church. Why? Because you want to be healed. So how do we react to God when he does not heal us? We react and we grade him in our mind. In our mind, we have thoughts that this is not what, what I'm expecting. What Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 53, uh, verse 5, he said, by his stripes, we're healed. I'm expecting things to get better. So therefore, I'm going to grade God based on these results. And the next slide, we'll talk about uh, when you grade God, what kind of actions you take in that grading. That may not be an official grading A, B, C, D, and F, but you are grading God by how you respond to the rejection. When God rejects the answer to your prayer, you respond a certain way. Now, some of us that are more mature over the years, we've improved that response. But initially, if you think back in your Christian walk with God, when your prayers fail, when you prayed, when you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, maybe even 60s, and you, you prayed consistently and you got rejected, you were not happy with that outcome because you're expecting, based on your understanding, uh, your belief in the fervent prayer of someone that's righteous, considering that you have that righteous standing with God, that you expect the results that you prayed for. You prayed for your child, you prayed for your marriage, you prayed for whatever, you expect the outcome to be different. But so what we need to do, each one of us, is when you pray, just think about how you graded God when he failed that prayer. Also, when you look at someone that your spouse is angry, selfish, unkind to you, or your relatives are mean and nasty to you, and then how do you respond uh, to that when you're praying for someone to that's close to you not to be so angry, not to have those explosions and the self-centeredness in your children? Sometimes parents will tell me their children don't visit them at the senior place, do all these various things, take their money, and it's unimaginable for me to have your child take money from your account, take money from your purse. But this happens to people, and this happened in Christian families. So they're praying for their family. You're expecting a different outcome. You're not expecting for your children to steal your money out of your purse. You're not expecting for your son or daughter to slap you. And this happens sometimes as parents get older, sometimes in their 60s or 70s. 
the children disrespect them. And then the parents constantly praying for them, praying for their restoration, praying for them to have a renewed relationship with God. They're constantly praying for them, praying for their temperament. But the prayer appears to go unanswered. Why do we say that? It's because the parent is being disrespected by the child. This can happen with your friends. This can happen on the job where you can have some kind of physical or mental altercation on your job. It can happen at your church. It can happen at the church where you can get in a strong conflict and you're praying for the person and they get worse. And you're in the church and you have to respond uh, positively, of course, to physical, hopefully no physical altercation, but sometimes it's just mental. And you're praying and praying and praying, but you see the results are not what you expect. And so you grade God. Um, We're going to show how we grade God uh, through this same kind of structure. We grade God as he doing excellent because he answered the prayer exactly the way we want it. He's doing good because it's mostly pretty, you know, decent, fair. It's you accept it, but you'd rather something else happen. Poor is you rejected and failed is wild. I can't believe God did that to me. And so we got to understand that there are ways in which we react that we actually grade God based on the unexpected outcome. When you get terminated from your job, you, you've got promoted two times. and All of a sudden you get terminated from your job. And your mortgage is due, your bills are piling up, your savings almost gone, and you terminate it. And you're praying for God for this job. You got the job of your dream. Uh, one of the, the companies I work for wanted me to do technology espionage and go spy on another company, a competitor, bring the information back so we can steal their intellectual property. And I said no, and I was terminated from the job because I said no. And I said, wait a minute, God, this is the job that I wanted. This is the technology I wanted, a small company. I'm developing myself. I can do all these things. Great, 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 great that I had anticipated from a long time from being in college. I said, this is a perfect job. I'm developing all these skills. And I got terminated from the job because I would not do what they call industrial espionage is what they call it. And that is spying on someone else's uh, intellectual property, taking that information and giving it back to the company that I work for. I got terminated from that job. I was disappointed. That's not what I was expecting. I was expecting to to, to get promoted and be a VP or something in the job. I was never expecting to be terminated. So when that happened, how how did we respond to being terminated for a job? When you pray for these particular jobs or these opportunities and it gets terminated, that doesn't meet your expectation. You're expecting better than that. You're expecting not to be terminated for sure. You're expecting not to be laid off. You expect them not for them to cut your pay. You're expecting that your mortgage should be paid. The scripture said you don't see the righteous begging bread, the psalmist said. You're not begging bread, but your bills are due. Your savings are almost gone. You've been saving for 15, 20 years, and the pandemic has taken 50% of that or 75% of it. And then you have a card note that you need to pay. It's not like you have an elaborate car. You may have an elaborate car. It's just a common car, and cars cost a lot no matter what level they're at. And so this is not what you're expecting. So how do you grade God when you get less than you expected? How about you're not happy with your life? You're disgusted. You expected to have a better lifestyle. So you look around your apartment, you look around your house if you have a house, and this is not what you expected. You expected a better apartment, you expected a better house, you don't want to have you you don't want to have your neighbors, you don't want to hear gunshot every night, you don't want the police to accidentally break in thinking you some they're somewhere else, but you're you're not happy with your life. You're disgusted. You gotta think about why you're disgusted? Because you prayed about the perfect life 
style that you want it for yourself because this is what's taught on the airways is that you need to pray about your prosperity and what you want in life and lay it out one by one list the 10 things that you want to happen in your lifestyle and number one you want the right kind of car you want the right kind of neighbors the right kind of spouse and what that right kind of is whatever you want and you want your house to be uh, a major house um, good resale appreciating every year and you want your yard to be yard of the month you want your children to be children of the month you're not happy with your life you're disgusted because it's not what you expected so you're sad you're depressed you're not popular and why are you not popular because your prayer is not being answered not to your expectations so therefore you're emotionally drained Things get worse and worse. Your life is spiraling downward and you're at a point of taking pills. You're at a point of doing all these different things because you're grading God based on your prayer. You're giving God a grade and that grade is not good. And it's how we respond to these failures is how we grade God. And that's what we want to hone in on. If you look at these examples of failures, the healing that being around angry person, terminated from your job, you're not happy with your life, you're emotionally drained and thoroughly depressed, is how do you respond when you're praying against all these things? How do you respond to God? And this is where you want to hone in. You're giving God a grade based on how you respond to rejected, failed prayers. And let's look at Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 13. And so with that, when you try to grade God, and this is where God's uh, taught me decades ago uh, when I was unhappy when praying, sometimes fasting for people, for family members, going to those lengths of taking a focused time to pray for someone in my family, to pray for my friend, uh, not to die, succumb to cancer, to pray for whatever it was. And when that prayer is failed, what God reminded me through the Holy Spirit, he said, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. You need to understand what's involved here in your life and your prayer. And it's similar to what God told Job. So in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13, if you have that, he says, the writer Isaiah is considered to be the author of Isaiah. He says, who can advise the spirit of the Lord or who can be his teacher or give him counsel? And this is what God told me. <laughs> and when I asked him, I said, well, I wanted that person to live. He said, you're not my counselor. <laughs> you're not my advisor. <laughs> I'm the one in charge here. This is the same thing he told Job. We talked about that. Is that I'm in charge. I have a long-term plan. You're just here for a minute. And you're going to do the job of a minute ambassador. So stay focused and continue to pray. But what we're honing in, what the scriptures is honing in, what the Bible is honing in for us is that when we look at our prayers and how we respond to God when those prayers are not answered is we're giving God a grade. And what grade are we giving him? Let's take a look of how we respond when things go wrong. So things go wrong, wrong is how God grades you. We're going to look at how God grades us. And so when you go back and look at your prayer for healing, so you pray for healing you pray for things to just go absolutely right, exactly the way you wanted it. You want to have uh, the pandemic gone because we don't know the actual reason in the spiritual sense for the pandemic. And God's not telling us, just like God didn't tell Job why he was in the situation he was in. 
But we know that God plans well ahead and before the foundation of the world that God had already planned for Jesus to die and redeem us. So we know that God is a long-term planner. And we also know he doesn't tell us what he's planning. But each one of our lives as chosen people has a specific purpose. So in all of that, when things go wrong, how do we respond? We do this coping thing. And this is where it comes home to all of us in terms of self-management. When you get rejected and you become numb to the disappointment. So you're praying, always praying every single day. Uh, you're praying to God about something. And over the course of decades, those of us that's been in the word or been in church, uh, been a Christian for over 20, 30 years, we have developed our various own self-management and coping mechanisms. In other words, if God disappoints in your prayer request, then we do something else. What we do is we try to numb ourselves. We numb ourselves with the, because of the disappointment with drugs and alcohol. And do born-again Christian uh, take uh, drugs? Unfortunately, they do. They take drugs, legal drugs. They take illegal drugs to cope with the disappointment. So when doing that, you're grading God. You're giving God an F. You're giving God a, a, at least a D, if not an F. By coping with that disappointment, disappointment by excessive, uh, if you will, excessive drinking and drugging. Uh, being uh, intoxicated with whatever kind of drug or alcohol. Because you can be intoxicated and not have had um, alcohol, but you can be intoxicated and all high from a legal drug that sometimes I hear people uh, at work would say, I I take this because it gives me, it calms me down. Now, these are born again Christians and they take a lot of it. It's like, do you have to take that much? You're taking it every four hours. The job isn't that bad, but they're taking it to cope. And if you ask them about their prayer life, they have this three-factor life. They have the three, I call it three-factor Christian life. What I mean by that is they spend um, three seconds in prayer, three minutes reading the Bible, and maybe 30 minutes in church. That's what I call the three-factor uh, Christian. Three, 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 a series of three. Three seconds, <laughs> three seconds again in prayer, three minutes maybe reading the Bible, and 30 minutes maybe going to church. And with that, that's uh, comprised their entire born again life because uh, there are many people that attend the church and they haven't gone beyond uh, the John 3.16 syndrome. And that is God loved the world and he gave Jesus. If I believe in him, I'm saved, done, period. There's nothing else I need to do. But what's challenging with that, there's more to the Bible than John 3.16. And then Jesus Christ give more illustrations of what we should be doing. And he says in, um, God says in Ephesians through Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus chapter five, verse 18. You remember he says, don't be drunk with wine, which is just too much. It's too much to be coping with life with wine, which is excess. He said, but you need to be instead overwhelmed, overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit that you have within you. That's your coping mechanism not being intoxicated, not being drunk, not overeating, not over watching TV, not over doing it in the social media network, not overworking yourself and more. You're numbing yourself. And when you numb yourself in your own self-management with rejection to your prayer, you're grading God and you're not giving him an A, B or C. You're giving God a D or an F because he rejected 
your proposal, your prayer, what you wanted, because it's all about what you want in our own self-management. We're always trying to manage ourselves. And, and this is where we go wrong. Instead of allowing through the Holy Spirit, God manage us and guide us, as we said, through the scriptures. And this is what God wants to do. And this is what God has left for us to do is to, through the Holy Spirit, guide us as the comforter, as Jesus Christ left as our comforter. The second way is believe in God deliverance. And this is where, again, you don't believe in God's deliverance because you weren't delivered. You weren't delivered. You lost your home. You had to file for bankruptcy. So you weren't delivered. So you hear people all the time in these different uh, media ministries talking about you're going to get delivered. Just, you know, send us money. You'll be delivered. Do this and you'll be delivered. It's like it's a, a vending machine formula. If you put in the right kind of something, you press a button and you will be delivered. And this is all how, uh, unfortunately, people get disappointed when they're not delivered. Again, you have that failed prayer. And how do you respond uh, to that failed prayer? So you grade your belief in God's, you have to grade your belief in God's faithfulness. So is God faithful to help you? Is God faithful to deliver you? Because you think, well, God is not trustworthy. He's, he's not to be trusted. I gave him this. He knows that I don't need to be bankrupted. He knows that it'll put stress on my marriage. He knows it'll put stress on my family. I got three kids in college and now I'm bankrupt. I need to be delivered. But can God be trusted to deliver me? And then the Hebrew writer said, yes, God can be trusted. Despite the fact that you've gone bankrupt, despite the fact that your savings account is going negative, there are moths flying around in your wallet, the little flies that fly around when it's empty, there's nothing there, so it's feeding off of the inside of the leather of your wallet because there's no money in it. But you can believe in God's deliverance. So the Hebrew writer said in chapter 10, verse 23, he said that, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering because he who is promised is faithful. So the Hebrew writer said, God is faithful to deliver us. God is extremely faithful to deliver us because he put Jesus Christ in our stead to pay for our sins. So we know God is faithful, but is God faithful to help me in bankruptcy? Because again, what we're going to see is how the Old Testament talks about what we shouldn't do. And the Old Testament talked about all these different external violations that potentially cause us death. And when Jesus Christ come, we're going to look at the whole Beatitudes is how God is talking about changing that internal part of us. And this is where we have to come to grips to. Believe in God's deliverance, that God is faithful. I pray less. So what happened when you don't get your prayers answered the way you want? You stop praying as much. So you're praying three times a day, but God didn't answer the three times a day prayer. So now you're praying two times a day. Then he stops answering the prayers of the two times a day. You pray once a day. And then you pray once a week. You pray less because you're not getting what you expected out of God. And what do you expect? You expect your prayers to be answered uh, the way you prayed them. You expect the healing to take place. You expect not to be financially strapped. You expect us not to be in a pandemic, maybe the rest of the world, but not us. This concludes a Mind Booster podcast. Go to PrayTube.net to listen to the entire series and to receive free resources associated with each podcast teaching.